This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey everybody, welcome to American Martinis. I'm Adam. Here is Danielle. Hello. So, all right. So you just videoed me on your phone. Videoed? Is that, am I old? <laughs> you yeah. just videoed? They get a camcorder on your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Um, asking me if I was ready for this episode. And this is going to be definitely a two-parter, maybe three-parter, maybe eight-parter. But we're talking about finance again a year later, more than a year. Oh, way more than a two year. Two years later. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so yeah, we're going to be doing this as probably within, you know, a few parts. I don't, I think this one's going to be kind of tame. So I thought until you said. Well, I don't know how far you're planning on getting for this one. I, I'm going with the questions that you sent me like usual. Oh, well, that's a lot. I have stuff for the next one, which didn't make it to your questions. So that's where Mm. like the gloves might come out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Mm. I thought this is just going to be. We'll see how oh, it goes. Oh, fun budgeting talk. Does that <laughs> exist? Well, this isn't. This, no, this is not the budgeting episode. The next one is going to be. Well, they're all. I, but it's all talking about money. Let's see what happens. Oh. How about that? Well, I was going to say, I think this episode we should record like this. I think the second episode should just be we should rent one of those money win machines that you go in <laughs> and you grab, and whoever grabs the most money gets to be in charge of our finances. No. <laughs> by all means go ahead now you're in charge okay <laughs> okay you won okay you're in charge okay god help us all <laughs> okay all right yeah good I'm, I'm gonna wipe my hands clean of this i'm out mm-hmm. love it can't wait okay <laughs> we'll be uh recording from our um tiny home in the next uh, year i'm ready you. to go to a tiny home you don't you don't have you're not threatening me man let's Once do the it kids are out tiny home it is i'm in yep can we get like two <laughs> <laughs> one for you one for me and then we'll meet yes! in the middle a bridge we'll have like a bridge <laughs> right. in the middle uh, we'll dig like an underground tunnel right to but like you don't get the key to mine yeah. i have to <laughs> right. let you in it's fine okay I think so many more marriages would like last if that was like we thought we were a breakthrough because we sleep in separate bedrooms, which we've talked about since the beginning of the Mm -hmm. podcast. We can set the standard of separate tiny homes adjoining. Love it. Listen, I love you. We're still married. You know, there's no problem. You know, something about it makes sense. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Speaking of like taboo and the separate beds and everything. I would, I'm a little bit worried to 
record these, not just that you and I are going to fight, but like money is a really sensitive issue. And I think I've been saying that a lot lately with some of the topics we've been recording about, but I think we've been touching on some pretty vulnerable topics. And, you know, there's a reason people don't talk about money, right? You don't, we don't talk about it with our friends when we go out, you know, unless it's, uh, you know, I bought something or, oh, how much did it cost? Whatever. But you don't talk about your personal finances to people. Right. Um, like we don't know. Nobody knows how much we make. We don't know how much anybody else makes. Correct. I think in other societies, that's more of a discussed well, thing. Well, like a lot of my friends and stuff who are teachers, I mean, you can find out correct. people who work for the government. I don't yeah. know who that government is. Government job. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Government jobs, are. I guess their salaries Public? are posted. Yeah. Everybody knows. Right. Like right. if you work. Your first year, your fifth year, your tenth year—you know how much. Exactly. They make, right? So you know, but yes, for the most part, people don't talk about money except you know, obviously, for like wanting more of it. But um, so I was—I'm definitely nervous on one hand to record because, like, I don't know—it's all relative, right? Like what what we talk about for budgeting and what we have and what we want or whatever is obviously somebody else. Listen, they're people who can't afford a home or who can't so sometimes I think when you talk about money it's tricky well it's always tricky when you talk about money because it it is all relative and people will say you know sometimes I'll post a picture or something you know when we're on vacation I post a picture people are like oh you can afford a vacation why are you ever complaining what you just said or what you're saying now because the only thing running through my mind is it run DMC it's tricky yeah that's all that's running through my mind okay. as you're talking uh-huh. <laughs> once you said that. Well, I wanted to open up, but we can't because copyright issues. I want to open up with Rihanna's Bitch Better Have My Money. You okay. don't know that song. Well, I'm wearing a Metallica shirt, yeah, so I no, really I know. don't know. You don't know. <laughs> um, but so I just, I, listen, we know everything is relative. We know we are blessed in so many ways. Um, it, obviously, there's frustration and anger and everything in finances in our history and um so I just think we all need to take it with a grain of salt that we're all in different positions but you know look they say anybody who's if you're making below $75,000 then you're more likely to be unhappy because of your finances above $75,000 it says that people say that or I guess researchers say that it doesn't really matter how much more you have. Your happiness isn't affected. I, I think it's hard to use. I don't trust these okay, numbers I, and all that. Like, it depends where you live. It's, you know, if you make $75,000 where we live, that's a problem. You know, well, if you make $75,000 in, I don't know, I don't want to, you know, Tennessee. You know, I don't know. Well, I guess, like it, I guess your, what your I'm trying to say more. is even, you know, even if you have more than somebody or less than somebody or whatever, look, it's not money is not a cure all. There's still going to be issues and the more money you get, the more money you spend and all of these things, but um I just want people to sort of keep an open mind that we're going to be talking very honestly. Mm-hmm. And so and that pertains to us in the last couple of years very, you know, on point. What do you mean? You know, listen. We're not going to throw out there how much money do we make, you know, whatever, but we do okay. Mm-hmm. You know, things are fine. But it seems the more we make, the less we have. Mm-hmm. Because for whatever reason, especially for the last two years with the expenses that we're seeing now with because of the kids, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. Like it almost doesn't even matter. You know, be, if you make more, we're spending more. 
mm-hmm. on whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, these things are necessary. And thankfully, you know, wh- whether we have the means or not, because we need help in certain areas too, we're able to provide these things for the kids that we know that they need. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. We'll get into all that stuff. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. Take it away. <laughs> are we are we doing the the questions that you ask me and I'll just read the question kind of thing? Whatever. I don't think we've done this in a long time. I, like, I don't well, we haven't recorded, first of all, in like a few weeks. Yeah. But this question layout thing. All right. Let's just get on it. Fine. Sorry. All right. So we'll, let's go back to, um, I guess, our beginnings when we were kids. Well, like the financials in our households growing up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. How did it affect us, I guess, then and now, what what we saw with money in our household? Can you can you ask me the question so you can do it better than me? <laughs> I don't have the questions. <laughs> All right, I'll just read it verbatim you here. You go for it. What was the financial climate, in quotes, in your household growing up? How do you think this affected your overall ideas about money, spending, and saving? Let me go first? Please. Thank you. All right. So I, I definitely grew up with, you know, two opposite sides of the spectrum where I, you know, my entire family, for the most part, it, you know, we're all from Brooklyn. I was the last, but we moved out here when I was just six months old. So out to New Jersey and, you know, my, my dad worked for, you know, a department store company, had a decent job, whatever. When we moved out to New Jersey, he always wanted to work for himself, not have a boss, do his own thing. So when I, I don't know how old I was when he decided to leave the company and then st- try to find his own thing, but there was a time when he was trying to find his own thing, there was failures along the way. And we were definitely lower middle class living in you know New Jersey. So I got to see that side of things. But again, I was very young because it, I was about six years old or seven years old when he finally found his thing that took off, which is what I'm doing today. Um, that we, we went from lower middle class to upper middle class fairly quickly. And the, the, I know I was very young, but the change of thing was so fast and so dramatic. I think it definitely had an effect on my out, my outlook on money, especially where I was, where there was not a lot of wealthy people. So it was a very confusing time for me as far as money. Um, my parents were always making sure and concerned they were they're very you know they're entrepreneurs so they're very work oriented so for me it was always you need to find a job you need to work you need to you know make your own money you need to you know do those things um this can this can go in like to a rabbit hole which in so many different directions i don't want to feel like that about my childhood too yeah like i don't need I'm, i'm i'm stumbling on what i'm saying because there's so many different ways i can go with this and i don't i don't think that's part of this episode i don't want to go there okay well you know it might come up again later but yeah just say i mean whatever you want to say all right so what it came down to was when the success happens I saw they they made a lot i saw they spent a lot i saw they saved a lot um and I think that was a huge impression on me of how things were supposed to be for me moving forward, which led to a lot of the, what's the word, like craziness financially for me from then till now, all the ups and downs that I've gone through financially. Can I leave it at that? Cause yeah, that's, sure. Yeah, because like I said, this could go in so many different yeah, directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I would use the word confusing for my childhood also with money and, and for my whole life, honestly. Well, I, let me interrupt you. I'm okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> like I can look back and see why I am the way I am financially. I look at you and like, I don't know what the fuck happened. You are nothing like anyone in your family. Okay. Right. When it comes to money, I don't think I. All right. Well, let me explain what, where I think it all comes from because I, I too, um, and look, I, I, I don't, I'm not blaming anybody because I, well, yeah, I blame society, honestly. I mean, I blame this awful power structure that we've set up between spouses, right? This dichotomy of one person does this and the other person does this. And especially when my mom was younger, my parents were younger, the traditional, obviously, the man goes to work, the woman stays home, you know, like, look, there was a reason my mom, when she went to college, she could choose from like three majors, right? It was like secretarial, um, you know, like uh, dental assistant or, you know, nothing. It was very hard. Mm -hmm. Very few women were given the opportunities. And so it's, it's set up this horrible structure. I mean, on purpose. Well, okay. I'm not sure how much I agree with that. Like, I think, like, because we're talking about your parents however many years ago, but we did the same thing. I know I know what you're saying, that women didn't have a choice then, where now they do. I still think it's okay if you have the means for the mom to stay home and the husband to go to work or, you know, whatever this, whatever the partnership is. You know, if one person wants to stay home with the child and one or the children and one person, I think that's a good Absolutely. Okay. Um, I didn't know I, where you were. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to get there, but I do think it's a good thing <clears throat> if you have the communication and obviously the means to do it. Right. So, I mean, trust me, I loved being a stay-at-home mom for many reasons, um, but I'll get there. So, so my parents are obviously complete opposites, right? Anybody who listened to the episodes with them, I think it I think the episodes, I don't even remember, were they 154 and 155 or something? If you haven't listened, I think they're really good. Um, But they grew up um, in Trenton, right? Like going to, um, not the same school, but schools by, you know, by each other and everything. Very similar, you know, same synagogues, whatever. And I think my mom thought when she started dating my dad, not that this is why she started dating him or anything, but I think she sort of was like, oh my God, he's going to be a doctor, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you hear that, your automatic thought is, oh my God, you're never going to have to worry about money. You know, like it's going to be great. It's a such a prestigious, important job. And, uh, you know, and back then, like, especially, you know, the Jew, there's like the Jewish... (laughs) The Jewish stereotype of like, you know, the Jewish mom who wants the daughter to marry a doctor or, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever, this whoever. And, um, and I think that she really thought that it was worth giving up her career, <clears throat> which she always wanted to be a teacher. She was like desperate to be a teacher all growing up. She dreamt of it. Um which was the third major that I didn't major that I didn't mention when you go to school. And um I think that she helped put him through med school, maybe not monetarily, but she gave up everything. They moved all over the place. He was in the army. You know, they've lived in they lived in 
10 states before they had kids. Like they were all over the place. And she gave up a lot. And, and they didn't have a lot of money at first because he was going through medical school and everything. And then when he finally settled down and had a practice and everything, I think it was like sh- kind of that expectation of, oh, we're going to be okay. It, it didn't wind up like that. Be- well, that's not true. I think maybe the, the expectation was we're going to be rich. We're going to be, you know, you're a doctor. We're going to be... Things were okay. Yes, things were absolutely okay. But he's he was the kind of doctor who was like the caring doctor well, and took it. care of people. So he, that- he but it went back to Trenton. He opened up his practice in inner city Trenton. Um, you know, back in the day when things were sort of shifting and it was, you know, the there's... What's it, 70s? Well, I guess he opened it in the 70s and then, you know, he had it all yeah. the way until he retired. Right. But again, yes, like you said, he was the caring doctor. He was the doctor who took as much time as he needed with patients. And and his patients were, you know, not, they were in, inner city people. Right, and if you can't afford a visit, you don't have insurance, you don't have, like, he he, he took care of you. Yeah, he took care of everybody. Right. And, and it was wonderful in the sense that, like, everybody who knew my dad was always like, oh, my God, he's such a wonderful man. But I do think there was some confusion for my mom, like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? And, and I'm not blaming her because I do think she gave up a lot um, for him to do that, right? And, and, you know, and by the time she could have a career, it was sort of like, well, I'm not going to – I can't go back and get my teaching. I mean, she could go back and get her teaching, but certificate, but she had young kids and – it just didn't work out. So I think there was this overall, like, confusion, you know, right? You use yeah. the word confusion. I agree. But, um, but I also think that that structure of, you know, okay, so, like, what, what year do you think that women were allowed to apply for a credit card without a man there present? Well, all right, you just jumped into that. Well, okay. because uh, because I'm saying I don't listen. There's a there's a reason why we're there's such a a disconnect between genders when it comes to I think money and everything. Like it's like my dad was always you know pushed to be a doctor, and my aunt wasn't really pushed to be anything, mm-hmm. right? And so she kind of floundered for a while and didn't know what to do. And, you know, I just think that women haven't been given the same opportunities as men have concerning understanding finances. Right. And So when were women allowed to... Uh, so I didn't know that there was a time that only men could apply for a credit card. Mm-hmm. So the, what, the first one was what? The Diners Club? That was in the 70s, I think. Late 70s? That was the, kind of the first credit card thing. So... Uh, I was just watching a um, Netflix documentary, um, History 101 or something, and they have a new season out, and one was just credit cards. Oh. And I wish I could remember the stats because mm-hmm. they did, they told me the years when that's why why I think mm-hmm. the Diners Club was in the 70s and Visa came out. Uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. So it had to have been mid 80s. 1974, a woman was oh. finally able I'm a to off. without a man. I mean, what? To open up a bank account, a credit card, you know, any of those things without other, if you were single before that, if you were singled, divorced, widowed, you had to find a man and bring him with you to sign up for a credit card. And I want to also say here mm-hmm. we are in 2021. So obviously 2022. No, no, no. But okay. The, the study that I'm about to say was 2021. Oh, I'm sorry. But 
basically, I know, yes, you're going to say <clears throat> things have gotten better and we've gotten more opportunities and everything. But still, in 2021, women make about 80 cents for every dollar that a man makes. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept meaning I wanted to look up um, specifically black women because I know it's even less, but I, I didn't. So I'll look for that for the next episode. But so... And it's changed since it was 77 cents in 1994, and now it's 80 cents. So in that math between 1994 and 2021, whatever that is, it's barely changed. Like, we are still, why are we still making anything less? So so it's taking us a really long time to even catch up and be able to, like, be on a level playing field for no other reason than this fucked up stuff you know, social construct of, of this gender gap. And same reason why, you know, it's, it was always thought, you know, the maternal instinct, which is total fucking bullshit that women stay home and men go to work. And so I'm Wait, just the saying maternal instinct is bullshit, bullshit, total bullshit. Yes. Is it? Yes. Scientifically, there is absolutely no, we talked about this with Eve Rodsky. There is absolutely no scientific, data that shows that women have quote unquote more mater- like a maternal instinct that when your baby's born you you know you're automatically more caring and you know how to take care of them better and you should be the one buying their clothes because you know what to no this is society's influence so no, i don't i don't think that you know it's the mom should be buying the clothes and the mom should be i don't know i just thought there was a maybe a connection between a baby and a mom that sure, doesn't exist. A connection, a, absolutely, but that doesn't. That's all, but I'm leaving it at that. Okay. Like I don't think it should extend beyond that. I mean, is that the reason that you know traditionally women stay? All right, we can get into a whole thing mm-hmm. of the reasons, so right. it's not worth it. Right. But I don't know. I I think there is kind of a right. maternal instinct in a sense. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Fine. But at going back, I like totally went off a tan- on a tangent there. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to say that when I was growing up, there were it was completely opposite. Again, confusion. My mom, who really had absolutely no involvement in the finances in our house whatsoever, um, and really I think probably had no idea how much money we really had or didn't have. Or um, and and then my dad, who was oh my god, we are going to be you know so poor if we spend one more dollar or <laughs> everything you're saying is just, it's so relatable to us. Like at this point right now, right? you know, everything is like, it, it, we could just be talking about them or us. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so look, I didn't learn anything in school. My parents didn't teach me anything. Um, I always worked. I was a very hard worker. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the time I was 11, I was babysitting for three dollars and 25 cents an hour all right wait let, hold off on that let's we'll get to that stuff okay. so, like in a second let's okay. just take a break okay we'll be right back mm-hmm. mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. add your favorite photos a heartfelt message and we'll even mail it for you the same day all for just five dollars from mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. 
All right, so let's talk about if we were taught about money and finances and all that kind of stuff when we were kids mm-hmm. and you were getting into that. Mm-hmm. So please continue. I mean, there's not much to say. I wasn't, right? I I was never sat down. I was never taught at school. I Right, and when we went to school in the 80s, we didn't have those classes. Thankfully, they do today. There, there are you know, finance classes where they're learning about. I remember in like third grade, there was a class and they were like, this is how you fill out a check. And this is how you, you know, what I, I think that was all, that's all I can remember. Like this is, these are the things about a check that you fill out and sign and that's how you write a check. And this is, these are pennies and these are nickels and these are dot. Like there was no budgeting. There was no, how do you save? How do you invest? How do you buy a house? How do you buy, you know, how do you buy, how do you live? Mm-hmm. We had none of that. They, they are doing it today, thankfully. It's so important. So we were never taught. And I don't remember being taught as a kid either. Those kinds of things. But I'm, like we had to figure it out as we went along. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, like you were saying, you worked a lot. You, I did. you know, And I mean, you spent everything you made. Well, that was what <laughs> I was also going to say. Look, I, I was a fucking pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I you were. I... <laughs> I worked at, you know, I was the youngest person to work at Banana Republic. I was working. I mean, I literally would skip school to work because I loved it and everything. But my paycheck was spent before I even got it. Right. I had uh, four outfits behind the register on hold waiting for me to get my paycheck. And you were making like four fifty an hour. I was making like <laughs> seven something. Was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Back then? Yeah. Okay. Um. And I think a little bit, it's, you know, when you work at one of those companies, they also sort of do it to you. Like, I don't know what it's like now, but back then I had to wear. Wait, hold on a second. Yeah. So talking about finances, um, that was somebody at the door delivering our alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a business expense. It is a business expense. There is martinis literally in our name. I mean, we have to have cocktails while we're talking. Yeah. Anybody anybody looking over our finances isn't going to be like, marriage and martinis bought alcohol? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) And had it delivered? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. Please continue. I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about. What was I talking about? uh, Let's... Oh, it was... You were working at Banana Republic and you spent everything you made. Right, right. So... Like I said, a little bit, you had to wear the clothes from there. That was sort of one of the rules. I don't know if they still do that now because I kind of think it's wrong that you... Well, uh, they, I, I get that, but they should give you the exactly. clothes. Exactly. <laughs> so they give you 50% off. I mean, again, No, they I don't, should give you something to wear that day. Right. I, I, like I said, I don't know how it is now. It might right. be completely different. But back in 1994, you had to be wearing at least one item from you know, from this store. So a little bit, I was always like, oh, well, I have to buy stuff. But, you know, it was, it was literally like my dad used to say, I don't know why you have this job. It, you have no money from it. <laughs> but I also wanted to look nice. And I knew my dad wasn't going to give me money for like nicer clothes or anything. So I worked for it. But when I was younger, <clears throat> also, again, I love my mom so much. And, and I think she did so many wonderful things. My mom wasn't the type of mom, like, she never took me shopping, right? We never went shopping together. 
um, you know, it wasn't the type of thing where we went to a store and she, we went fall shopping and she was like, okay, you can buy five shirts and three pairs of pants. You know, there was nothing like that. She would literally be like, here's your, here's my credit card. Go ahead and blah, blah. So, you know, you give a kid a credit card and they're not going to be like, oh, well, I'm going to go to the sale rack and get, you know. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I remember when we first met and because <laughs> my mom always took me clothes like she right. loved to take me clothes shopping and i just picked out whatever the fuck i wanted mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. brought it to the register and she paid yeah and you came once we were in the city actually yeah and i watched you shop yes. it was really <laughs> awesome mm -hmm. when we were just dating <laughs> that was what was that that was my lacoste phase we were at a lacoste store and uh i don't in even Midtown. know yeah but I just remember being like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, are you at what point is she going to be like, no, you can't get that. Right. I had never seen anything like it. <laughs> um, so I, there wasn't a lot of boundaries. There wasn't a lot of structure. And then you had my dad, on the other hand, being like, don't buy anything. We can't afford it. So and, and they they spent all their money on education. As I've said before, we went to the best private schools and I didn't, I don't have any student loans from college. Um, they paid for our college, you know, that, that was what they did. And other than that, you know, they didn't drive nice cars. They didn't, we didn't vacation. We didn't, you know, we didn't do anything else. Um, so I just think when I was growing up, it was very polarizing because I had my mom on the one hand, handing me a credit card, being like, go shopping, you know, not, not really being like, you know, this is what you can buy. This is how much you could spend. Like, nothing like that. And then my dad, who I would literally be like, you know, can I order this? And he'd be like, no, we can't afford it. So I didn't know what was going on. Did we have money? Did we not have money? How bad was it? You know, was it as bad as my dad was making it out? Or did we have more like my mom was saying? I, I just, I never knew, right? Mm -hmm. And um, And in that, time period I also never learned so I there was never any you know this is what you do this is how you and and I never learned it in school I never learned it from anybody mm -hmm. yes it's I had such the opposite you know experience when I was a kid because it was like I just said before if I needed clothes my mom took me clothes shopping we went on vacations every year you know wherever it may be. We went, we were in the islands. We were in Florida. We were, you know, we, we did all, I, I saw the money being spent. I saw the excitement. I saw, you know, because it, it was new money and it was new to them. So I guess the fun of spending the money, especially on the family, me and my sister, you know, it was um, a new experience for them, which they, they enjoyed to do. So they were, you know, they were spending it and it was all for us. And, completely opposite of but the funny thing is i i kept saying how you could be talking about your parents or talking about us and the older that i'm getting the more i'm sympathizing for your dad because <laughs> yeah, i'm seeing the way he was feeling the entire time especially you know you said he was spending all his money on your schools we're in the thick of that now you know we have mia in her school we have college coming up and we have two more kids going into college like we have to think about those things where the, that's where the money's going. We don't want our kids to be in debt. So we got to do what we can do to make sure that we can pay for them for school, whether it's a loan for us or we pay for it or however it's going to happen. We got to figure that out. Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, definitely. Like Absolutely. I don't want, we always said for their undergrad program, like we, we want to, we don't want them to have to go into debt to go to school. And that's with, again, a whole nother conversation. 
But it's then then we have to go into debt for them to go to school. We don't have six hundred thousand dollars to send three kids to college, mm-hmm. so we have to figure it out somehow, mm-hmm. right? But, of course. But we don't want to put that on our kids. But then we're putting it on us, right? Which I think is the right thing to do because it's the only option. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to do it to them. But again, that's a whole nother. Yeah, and every family is different, and yeah. it's a different situation, and you know, so yeah, and that's obviously something that we'll need to be figuring out very soon. Um. Right. So that leads us to how how things have changed financially for us over the years, which we were. I I was just hinting to when I was saying I sympathize for your dad at this point, because I I think I win the award for the finance 180 award. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Like I made the complete switcheroo on my ideas of finances. A hundred percent. Yeah. Which I don't think you're happy about. <laughs> well, <laughs> in some aspects of it, I guess in some respect, no, no, that's not it. So, well, I think we have to give a little bit of a brief overview of when we look, when we first got together, um, it was the type of thing where for the first time in my life, I wasn't stressing about nice things, right? I lived in New York City for four years and, you know, the only way I could like get a nice dinner was if I was on a date or if my sister and, you know, her then boyfriend took me out. I, I it wasn't, I was always on the periphery sort of looking in at people, right? Like, oh my God. They're so stylish and they have, they go to these great restaurants and blah, blah, blah. And even though you're in college, so you know that's sort of not supposed to be the life you have, you're living amidst, you're in the middle of New York City, right? NYU is right next to Soho. Yeah. So, you know, you're seeing it all and, and you're sort of looking in like, wow, you know, that's pretty awesome. Um, well, like our, our Keeping Up at the Joneses episode yeah. talks a lot about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were doing for a long time. Yeah. And, Again, you, your ignorance about money, like our financial situation, you know, for for so many years, my wanting to spend and have bigger and more and all that, and you saw me do it, so you did it. Like the whole yeah. miscommunication of this whole thing, and you know, blame. You know, who's to blame? Is it you? Is it me? Is it us? It doesn't matter. Right. Like we went through it. Right. And you know, it took. I guess up until, I mean. COVID like changed our fucking lives. Like the pandemic has like restructured us, restructured us in a way I never thought possible. We talked about this many times. We won't get into the whole thing, but you know, we're, we're stay at home bodies now. Like we don't go out like we used to. We don't spend like we used to. We've changed things. But for like, for me sympathizing with your dad and understanding, I, I finally got to the point where I was like, we can't do this anymore. And, you know, we always say to each other, how do people do it? We, like I said, we do okay. You know, we're, we're okay financially, but for some reason there's never enough money. Like we just look at each other, like how do people do it? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's got, I mean, I, I don't know the statistics. I don't know whatever, but I'm sure it's, like the things that we've done, the credit cards, the loans, the things to keep up with the Joneses, to yeah. keep up with lifestyle, to keep up with. And then one day you feel like, oh, maybe I'll get an inheritance and pay this thing off one day or whatever your thought process might be. And then obviously there's people who just make the money and they're okay, mm-hmm. right? 
wish it was us. <laughs> it's not. Mm-hmm. But we were in that trap for so many years. Well, can I just interject for one Please. second? Because I just binged, like literally in a week and a half, Better Call Saul, all six oh, seasons. I'm so proud of you. Well, I was sick for part of it. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying that legitimately. Oh, I'm, just, okay. I, I'm the one who told right. you to please. And I loved it. One of my it. favorite shows I ever. I absolutely loved it. And I, I love the relationship between Saul and Kim. If you haven't seen Better Call Saul, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But basically, they're like con artists together, right? And their love stems from their love of the con and their love of, you know, the excitement of it and everything. And it reminded me a lot of me and you. Mm -hmm. Not that we're con artists, although in some way, maybe because we had everybody fooled that we had all this money for so long. But I think for us, we look, we both love nice things. We both, you know, get excited by it. I mean, even to this day, you know, you just said to me the other day, I want to go to New York for a few nights. And of course, I'm like, yes. Right. Well, I, I, that's what I'm going to let you continue. But yes, I just want to interject and say that's where I pulled my 180. Okay. Is I'm not a lover of nice things anymore for the most part. Okay. okay please continue. Okay. So I, you know, I looked at them and I was like, that was us and the fact that our bonds for so long was sort of like we'd go into the city and shop at stores we couldn't afford and stay at hotels that we couldn't afford and of course when you're in the moment you're like this is fucking awesome and you're sort of like all right well we'll deal with it later or you know not even thinking about that we used to like fool ourselves too like we would lie to ourselves to make it you know work out in whatever reason like we'd go to we went to Cabo and we're like was it Cabo? No, it wasn't in Cabo. It was somewhere else. We went to some magnificent hotel where the the rooms were thousands of dollars Anguilla, a night. Uh, was it Anguilla? Yeah. Right. Thousands of dollars. But we would stay at the nicest hotel in the cheapest room, which was still $700 a night or $800 a night or something. So we'd kind of fool ourselves into thinking, oh, we're being responsible. Mm. Not really, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like we're staying at the nicest resort for only $800 a night. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like we were kind of fooling ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And I think there we, we, we had so many other issues that, you know, that was, I guess I was in on the escapism during that also, mm-hmm. you know, but the confusion for me <coughs> continued the same as when I was a kid. Like you would say to me, we can't do it. The credit card is so high, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing I'd know, you'd be leaving for Atlantic City again. Right. So I'd be like, well, which the fuck is it? Mm-hmm. You know? And and so for me, I was sort of like, fuck him. I want to go to Atlantic. Like, what? I want to go by myself to Atlantic City. And then I'm going to Old Navy and buying the kids wardrobes. And you're like, it's too much money. So it's it was it was hard and it was confusing. I never had any concept of how much we had. Right. And that's been the whole problem the whole time. I'm not blaming. I'm not saying it's 100 percent your fault. It's 100% our fault. You never knew. I was overspending. You were overspending. I never told you. I never showed. There were so There's so many areas of this that are just blame you, blame me, blame us. Yeah. We're, we're, we're both equally responsible for all of these faults. Right. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> when you're younger and you're planning for your future, whether you want to have kids or don't want to have kids, there are so many blind spots financially that you just don't even think about you know you don't what do you think, mean blind spots like like things that you can't even possibly account for in your future that we were going to have kids who needed a different school or who mm-hmm. you know needed to see therapists or who 
what and like all the things that we just didn't expect, you know? Yeah, no, a good is this a metaphor? I don't even know. Simile, metaphor, what's the difference? Uh a simile uses as <laughs> as or like. All right. In relation to what you were just saying, mm-hmm. I kind of relate this to because one of the things we were going to talk about is stupid things that we've spent money on. And obviously this goes back to the big house that, you know, I bought. Right. But I, I want to relate this to what you were just saying about, you know, when you have kids, we bought this big house, which yes, we could afford the payments of this house. We could afford the house. Oh, and then you have to decorate it. You have to have landscaping. You have to put in furniture. You need, we need a fence because we have dogs. You needed trees. You need, you know, you need, you need things in the house. Oh, those are the things we can't afford because mm-hmm. we bought this house. Right. Right. So, was the and ho- just life on top of it, we couldn't afford Cor- because correct. we bought this house. So you know, it's I guess that's what house poor. I guess that's what we were at yeah. you know, one point. But it's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, let's have kids. It's a great idea. So you have kids. Oh shit! I didn't think about the education and the food and the clothes and the mm-hmm. mommies and me classes and the the right. furniture for their rooms and the painting and the light. Mm-hmm. You know, like all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even you, even some of that stuff you can understand. But that what you don't understand, you know, beyond that is. The issues, right? How you know? I need to be able to, you know, get them the help that they need, and oh, all yeah. of the extra things that you know. When you're pregnant, you're not like, oh, I my kid is probably going to be neurodiverse, so I need, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like you're just not even going there, right? Yeah, when you're pregnant, you're thinking, oh, they're going to be need this medication, they're going to need this therapist, and this, you know, what ex, yeah, you're you know, like setting off fucking pink or blue color bombs (laughs) and lighting (laughs) California forests on fire. Oh God. Yeah. It's enough. Um, wait, let's take another break before we keep going. All right. We'll be right back. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One thing that I've realized, by the way, going back to sympathizing with your dad, because I've seen this in him for so many years, that I've become this like sitcom dad kind of person. Like, I'm like, don't touch the thermostat. Don't turn it down. You know, did you shut the lights off? Are the light, are all the lights off in the house? When I leave for work in the morning, I shut off all the, you're up at like 530 in the morning to take Mia to drive her six o'clock and you turn on all the lights because it's dark out. And then when I'm leaving for work, I'm shutting all the lights. I'm shutting it. Like Steve Martin, father of the bride. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm that guy. I want eight <laughs> buns for eight hot dogs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that I've become. Mm-hmm. And I know it probably pisses you off and everybody no, else off No, not house, at all. Not e- it doesn't bother me oh, at it all. Oh, doesn't? Not even a little. Oh, I thought Mm-mm. it did. No, not, not at all. Be- yeah, I've become that concerned like... We need to save 30 cents for energy yeah. today. No, there's you know. no comparison between you and my dad. Like, there's literally no <laughs> comparison. I mean, my dad is a phenomenal human, a wonderful man. And he grew up, you know, with 
like a dad who struggled but he struggled financially right. when he was growing you know so he's a product of that look our parents are pro- product of parents who were raised during the depression mm-hmm. so there's that generational trauma that sort of is handed down and my mom too i think had a confusing childhood of you know her dad owned a junkyard and tried to open up these other businesses and you know i, I think that there's this confusion of i, I how much money do we actually like how much do right we have? but i think it it's it's very relatable today because of what we're going through now with everything is so expensive mm-hmm. every like inflation is out of control everybody knows it it's out there it's everywhere and you know so it's how do we influence our kids how do we teach our kids how do we show them how to spend money because this is a very unrealistic time that we're living in right now is it going to change? I hope so. I don't know. But affording anything today is, it's all out of control. So yeah. how do, and our kids are so spoiled. Like it's what they're used to. You know, we've, we let them door dash. We, if they're going to great adventure, we put a hundred dollars on their card for mm-hmm. them. They're, they're going to the mall. Here's another 50. Here's another. Yeah. I, I wanted to, I wanted to name this episode. DoorDash has ruined our lives. Right. I mean, I, really, it's unreal. I, it's just... It's unreal. Like, how do you teach kids today how to budget? How... To, I, I don't even know if you can't... You can't budget any... Like, you can't make enough money to support buying a house for the first time or renting for the first time or grocery shopping for the first time or buying a car for the first... Like, they're just well, all Mia, too expensive. Well, Mia's school... Um. It does something phenomenal. They have something called senior seminar where all year she takes a class where they're literally like her next week. I'm so excited about this. Her actual homework assignment is to do a load of laundry from start to finish. And she has to like take pictures of every single oh, really? process. Yes. Yeah, she has to take a picture, putting them in the washer and the detergent and everything, putting them in the dryer and folding them, putting them away, like every step of the process. Okay. Which sounds like a ridiculous, you know, assignment when you think about it. But then when you think about it, it's not at all. Right. I, I mean, they're doing they're doing all kinds of stuff. They're doing budgeting. They're doing, you know, how do you have an interview? How, they're doing all this stuff. But our two boys don't go to that school. Right. They're not going to get any of that. Learning those everyday tasks and responsibilities are wonderful and everybody should know them and be able to do them, but it doesn't solve your financial issues. Well, it does that you don't have to go to the fucking laundromat. <laughs> right. And when I was at NYU, I used to take my clothes to get washed at the laundromat. You know how much that was? No. A, a, a lot more than putting <laughs> a quarter in the fucking machine. <laughs> I don't but, know who I thought I was. Uh, right. But my point is like today... You can't make enough money to survive. So how do you teach your kids to budget? It, like, I feel like it's an impossibility. Well, that's why all the millennials are moving back in with their parents. Absolutely. I mean, I, I really do. I, they get a bad rap, the millennials, for, you know, wanting, you know, there's some of that going on too, you know, me, 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 and, you know, whatever, all that. I, I get mean, that. we have always been me. You know? <laughs> right. It's not, not just millennials. No, no, no. I understand. But, yeah, I, I feel for them. It's everything's too expensive. You can't, of course you move back to your parents' house. Yeah, they can't. You can't buy a house. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to buy a house today in New Jersey. It's a million dollars. <laughs> like, well, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, but it's six, seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars. I mean, in this you know central to North Jersey area, like you can't. 
who the fuck can afford these things mm-hmm. now? You know, mm-hmm. and, and everything. You know, grocery shopping was two hundred and fifty dollars for the week six months ago. Now it's three hundred and fifty dollars for the same shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and it, and it, and it's all over the place. It's everywhere. Yeah. You know, same thing with cars. If you can get one, like the whole thing. Like it's just, how do we teach our kids how to budget? I I don't know. I I want to. I want to do the right thing and show them how you work and you save and you spend and you. Yeah, I just think that it's not as simple as that anymore. Well, and I don't think we were ever getting it to begin with. <laughs> what? We weren't even even before all of this. We weren't being taught no, anything. No, but I feel like it was possible. Yeah. That's the difference. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you can't work more than seven days a week and you can't work more. You have to sleep and you can't work. You can't make enough money to pay for these things. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I I could once again I know. go on and on about this uh-huh. whole, my feelings about this whole thing. All right, um, for the for the we're not done yet, but for the next episode, I want this to become more of a personal thing. What we're doing, what we've been doing, and started doing, we're not there yet. Oh, that's why we're not fighting. This that's week. why we're not fighting. Oh, okay. That's why we're fighting mm. next episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. um all right so generically for us what do you want the plan for us to be going forward you mean generally what did i say generically yes generally <laughs> um I, i'm not a, good with the words so no i know i say what i know i know um what do I want the plan to be going forward? It's Financially be next. for us. You want to save that? I was well, saying, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't. Generally. That's going to get into a whole other can right. of worms. All right. So then what else should we end off this episode with? Um, what you got? Anything else? I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we didn't offer any, like, sound advice or anything. Well, who the fuck are we to give advice? Well, I, I do <laughs> think that, that there's productive things to be said that we can do in the next, you know, I, I guess, I, I guess that what, what it comes down to is that a lot, I mean, we do have to give ourselves some grace, right? That we have been raised, like we, we live in this society that is just, set up for failure in so many ways, right? I mean, you think about Apple Pay now and, you know, like it's not, it doesn't even feel like real money. You know, you think about like all the things that we didn't learn in school because we didn't, we weren't taught, like all the things that we give ourselves a hard time about because so many of us are struggling financially or we've gotten ourselves into debt or we, our kids have to take out loans for college or whatever it is that we're beating ourselves up about. I also sort of think like it's kind of not our fault. Right. Yes. And no. I mean, we're, we're given these opportunities. We're given these tools to take advantage of and literally advantage of with credit cards and loans and all those things. We're not being forced to do it, right? We're making the choice to go out and take out and spend and do all these things. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to buy that thing. You don't have to buy a BMW instead of a Toyota. You don't have to, like, you don't have to do these things. We're not being forced. We're choosing to for whatever reason. So now we're stuck with the money. You know, we're stuck with the debt. Well, 
you know, I mean, it you all know, depends. You Society have, does have certain expectations of what you're supposed I mean, to do. We're given these tools to make, like Apple Pay to make things easier. You want to buy that thing, tap your phone and it's done, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to go buy that thing. You don't have to have a credit card linked to your Apple Pay. It could be a debit card. You don't have to, you know, we don't have to do these things. We're just given these easier um, tools systems. and advantages and systems. Like w- w- it makes it easier for us to do these things, but we're not being forced, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's our fault. Okay. <laughs> don't blame Apple. <laughs> God forbid. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I really feel like it's, it's, look, we'll talk about it more next week, but you and I have sort of like been against each other in these past few weeks as far as like, you know, I'm becoming like a fucking mathematician. Uh-huh. I'm so fucking proud of you, by the way. Uh, uh, but yeah. I, I I was food shopping before and I'm like, oh, I'll get uh, Adam almond milk. I'm like, he can get his own fucking, <laughs> why am I paying for his almond milk? That's, that makes me so happy. That was the ultimate goal of mine. Is for you to know that. What? That, oh, I'm not just going to add it to the cart. Okay. I'm going to think well, about well, it Don't go I there do. because I'm going to come back uh, at you with well, so that's next much. episode. Next episode. So fucking much. Good. Why am I buying your fucking almond milk to begin with? Uh-huh. Okay. Understood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I guess we should end this episode there. <sighs> okay. Before we get heated and get excited about what we're going to talk about next week. Mm. Yeah. I'm not excited. I am so excited. Mm-hmm. So I guess we just say, please write and review. Not about this episode. but <laughs> I think we say that every, <laughs> every episode. <laughs> if Don't you enjoyed it, please <laughs> rate and review. Even if you didn't, just why not? Who cares? Just click the five star thing. Oh, that's yeah. it. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Why do people leave three stars? I don't know. You know, like it's even for a product review, it's like, oh, this thing was good. Not great. I right. didn't hate it. Fuck well, you. Just leave the no, five The thing stars. I don't like is when people review and they're like, I've listened for four years and I've loved it. But then this one episode, <laughs> they, and then they like give you one star. And I'm like, really? You listened for four years? Right. And now you're making the review now that you don't like something? But that's the whole problem. That's what reviews are all about. Like people just go on and be like, the only the people that are mad go out and leave, like go to Yelp, mm. you know? It's like mm-hmm. only if you have a problem do you go and do something about it. If you like something, what what the fuck are we talking about? Who cares? Just yeah. fucking read us a five star. <laughs> we're not getting into this. All right, <laughs> thanks guys. All right, love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.